Amen. Well, we're going to start out by just uh, sharing what we have in our picture today. A picture says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, a picture, what do they say, is worth a million words, a thousand words? I'm going to tell you what, we're going to see that today. And we're talking about shallow living. And so as we go through a few things here, I said, you know, this really reminds me of, of us sometime in our faith. You know, we get all suited up for the grander things of God, and then we sit on the sidelines. We feel dried out. We feel like, you know, it's not our time. Maybe, maybe a few more things. How many believe a lot of times we just we see in our life or maybe in the lives of other people, we think we've got to wait till everything's just right. You know, I think we miss a lot of opportunities like that. Um, but also, I believe that, you know what, as long as we're waiting upon the Lord and hearing from him, that's going to be the perfect time. And, and so guess what? I've been praying about it. I believe this is the perfect time for this message. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. How many people pray for you, Pastor, on the way in today? I appreciate that. All right, how many people are going to pray next week on the way in? Everybody, right? I got you now. So everybody's going to say, if he asks again, because some people go, I've thought about it. Well, I'll tell you what, that's good stuff. But we're going to jump on in, and I had a few notes, and I think it's probably best that I read them, because sometimes I get a little sidetracked. Anybody ever get sidetracked in life? You get a little sidetracked, something going on, and you go over here, squirrel, squirrel, back and forth. And you know, I, I tell you what, I think as we keep God's word in front of it, in front of us, it helps keep us in the right vein for him to do his work. So take a look at this. I said, you know, what I mean by this is, you know, when you don't want to jump in the deep end, sometimes we just, we, we're kind of scared. We just sit on the sidelines, don't we? You know, much like this fellow here. A little disappointed. Sometimes we get disappointed. We get disappointed when somebody jumps in the deep end and has all the fun, but we never wanted to take the chance. We never wanted to take the risk. Sometimes there's follow, following the Lord is a risk, isn't it? Now, I want to explain that a little bit. You might not fit in with the crowd. Are you willing to risk that? You might not understand everything before you jump in. Will you risk that? But I'm going to tell you what, the flip side of that is, when God is calling us out into the deep, we are blessed. Amen? So what do you do when you stand on the shores of life and look out at the sea of your dreams? What opportunities await you in the deep? What fears flood your mind as you stand wondering, should I turn and walk away or should I launch in and trust God? If we are not venturing out into the deep, it means we are in the shallow end. I know in my life, I'll tell you what, I know in my mom and dad's life, love them. And they played life very safe all their life. Money in the mason jar, not spending too much, not this. Wouldn't want to invest in this and that and all that. Just, just, just playing it safe, playing it safe. And that's okay. It worked out good. And then you see, sometimes we just get reckless with life, don't we? Woo! I had lunch with a guy the other day, and he says, you know what, man? We, we've been investing, and we've been doing this and all this stuff. And he said, guess what just came to me the other day? I said, what? He said, you know, God's got it. <laughs> How long have you been wearing the bracelet, brother? <laughs> but, but, but I could tell on his face, it's, it's not about all the investing, and I'm, I'm going to clear that up but chasing and going and running and think I got to do this. And I tell you what, I talk to a lot of people towards the end of their lives and they feel like they've spent all their life chasing and running and going. Now, I know as, as men and I think as women too, we like to be providers for our family. We want to do good things for our family. And I tell you what, uh, you know, the Lord wants us to do that. We want to take care of our family. How many people like to, to leave it a little bit better than, than when you came, you know? But I also see... In, in lives that I talk to, sometimes we can do too much for people. Have you ever been taken advantage of a little bit? I got notes here, and we're not even on them already. I can see the Lord's going to move and do something, something much more grander than what I wrote down. But what I'm getting at is so many times is that 
we want to stay in the shallow part. We want to see what I see is this: the crowd likes to stand on the shore, but the crew gets involved. That's gonna help somebody right there. So, are we today? As you come here, are we just in the crowd? Or are we gonna be part of the crew? I got a little reading and unpacking to share. But so many times, I think we sit on the shores and we go, "Man, I, I don't know. I don't know what God wants me to do." I hear that a lot, and and you know, and and that's okay. How many people? Are sure what God wants them to do? How many people got a good idea what God wants them to do? How many people overcomplicate what God wants them to do? I think that's what it is sometimes. You know? And, and I don't mean, and I don't think we necessarily have to have a burning bush to, to get called by God because all of us have a gift and God wants to use that gift. And I tell you, as we seek the Lord and we spend time in His Word and in His presence, God is going to reveal to us what He has for us to do. And I've known, I've seen this in my life. It might not be the 10-year plan. It might be the today plan. How many know if, if God was to give us a 10-year plan, sometimes we'd mess it up. We'd say, well, I got it, God. I'll check back with you. Anybody done that besides me? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is what he wants to do. And he's still talking, and I take off running. I got it. I got it. No, I don't have it. <laughs> That's why he wants to keep us close to us so that we will rely on him daily. How about hourly? How about minutely? And I think today as we look through the scripture and see, there's so much in this story that, uh, that I've, I've read many times, but God opened up uh, a deepness in this. And I pray that I can convey it like the Lord was sharing with me. So if you guys are ready to dig in, let's go ahead and open our Bibles, if you got them, to Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read along, and then we're going to kind of do a teaching and a preaching. We're going to do the first 11 verses, okay? So here we go. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. We're going to come back to that, the word of God, right? He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who's later called Peter, you all know that, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. How many know that maybe he was thinking like this? Let's just, let's just put ourselves around. I'll tell you what, I do the fishing, you do the preaching. I've been doing this all night. But even, do you see what I mean? Even with that rebellious spirit, he says, you know what? I'm going to be obedient, right? Watch how God blesses obedience. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of the sinking. When Simon Peter, Tim, you can follow along with me if you would. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they caught and were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Man, there's a lot of preaching to go on today. Y'all ain't hungry, are you? Y'all ate plenty, didn't you? So, so we're going to be all right, right? We can dig on in here. 
So I want to jump on in and kind of break this out in three little sections, but I got a whole lot more meat on the bone. Standing on the shore, splashing in the shallow end, and experiencing the deep. So let's take that first verse and kind of break down what the Lord was showing me this week, okay? One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Mm. What I found out was that the Sea of Galilee is really like a lake. And although it's very big, it's also the lowest below sea level in the world. And I said, well, isn't that kind of neat? And as I studied, I said, isn't it amazing that at 18 out of the 33 miracles that Jesus did in his, his, his ministry here were right there? Isn't it amazing that Jesus sometimes, come on somebody, sometimes he'll take the low things the low points in your life and do the most miraculous things in it. Somebody can write that down right there. Amen? Amen. I just thought that was kind of interesting. That might not be for everybody, but it's just something he was showing me. Isn't that something? And when we start digging into some of the, I, I believe God does everything for a reason. There's a purpose for everything. He's teaching us all the time. How many people have looked at a situation and, and you look at it and you're just overwhelmed with it? You step away, you pray about it, you come back and God starts unfolding. I tell this story many times. Many people know my ability as a mechanic and plumber. Yes, you do. I can tell by the way you responded. And, and, there was a, and I can do a few things, but it usually just takes my buddy longer to fix it than him just coming over the first time. So that's what I just say. Hey, you want to come over later and fix mo both, both things I broke or just fix the first thing I broke? And when we first moved in our house, which was probably 24, 25 years ago, I don't know what it is. Every time you buy a house and you move in, the drain clogs up, don't it? Has that happened to anybody else? I, I left my house and the guys called me and said, what's wrong with the drain? I said, it was fine when I left. Got a new house, or new to us house, and the drain was messed up. So I get in there, and man, you're rotor rooting and everything else. And, and there was a piece of pipe, and I had to take this, this piece of pipe out. And it was hot. It's either real cold or real hot when you have a plumbing problem, isn't it? I get out there, and I get on my swing, and I look at this old, wore-out piece of pipe. I said, look at all that. I said, that little piece of pipe right there kept me from getting all that fresh water in the house. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that pipe is just like your life. I said, what? And he showed me how my life was clogged up with all the things of the world before I came to Jesus. And although he was trying to take the water of the word and the blessing and get to me, but I was so clogged up with the things of the world and the things of Buddy and my stuff, that I wouldn't allow it in. But man, let me tell you, when I called on the name of Jesus, he changed that. How about you? Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, the Lord started filling me up. I'm in my backyard with a piece of muddy, tore up, stinking pipe crying like a baby. Because God would be so gracious to teach me a life lesson from a clogged up pipe. Now he might, Moses got a burning bush, I got a bad pipe. You know, I'm good with that. But in that moment, I thought, oh gosh, that's me. There's things in our life that we need to flush out, right? But we can't do it on our own. God wants to do that. So let's keep on listening and looking what he has here. What do we see? He said there was a great crowd. I talked about that when we first started out. There's a lot of people that are come listen, but they never get involved. Amen. There's a lot of people that'll come in and, and, and see what's going on on the shore, but never come in the door. You with me? 
How many people wanted to come to church today or had a rough time, thought it was difficult to get to go to church sometimes? It is. And sometimes it's hard to get there. Things come up, everything else. But you pressed in and kept on coming, right? I believe God's got a blessing for you. How about those that are faithful come? Absolutely. How about people who are just tuning in and coming on here? Absolutely, man. So we got to see if we're going to move from the crowd to the crew. You got an option today. So here they are, and they're, on, they're pressing in. And Jesus sees the great crowd, and look at this. It says, they pressed on him, man. I preached a long time in the last 20 years. I don't remember anybody having me up like this and go, tell me about Jesus. Usually I'm going like this, hey, let me tell you. Right? Things have changed, haven't they? But they noticed something was different. Do people notice things are different in your life? Are people attracted to you because of the light of the Lord? the light of the gospel. The people say, hey, man, they're they're a little different. They should be. And you know what? The darker and darker that the world gets, the easier our light should shine in a lot of cases, shouldn't it? I know it's hard sometimes to, to witness and things like that, but you know what? Let's keep on moving. The Lord has got a plan. So Jesus went where the people were. Years ago in 2000, uh, yeah, the year 2000, the Lord had laid it on my heart about the ministry and stuff. Started ministry in about 1998 or so. And what I found out in those couple of years from 98 to 2000, if you want to tell people about Jesus, you better go where the crowd is. Because it's hard to get them in the door. It's hard to get them off the shore. So we went to the shore. This is not in my notes. I'll tell you right now. Lord, show me this. So what we did, we did a thing called Shine Your Light. It was an all-day, all-free Christian concert at Buck Row Beach. We had bands that, that volunteered to play. We had people that did security and made sandwiches and come out there and, and, and did T-shirts and, and painted faces and prayed with people and everything else. And it was amazing, man. We had the uh, Christian Motorcycle Association. You heard Dave telling his testimony. He was out there. He rounded all them up. And the lady said, well, you can't be a Christian. You, are a motor- you ride a motorcycle. He said, where, where do you see that at? You know, he used to love telling that story. And he come in, can you believe that? But you know what he did? He just loved them right where they were. He said, yeah, yes, you can. And so what we see is, from going out there, we start seeing people's lives transformed. We did that for about 13 years. And when we had the church here, we did a few times outside out here. And what I found, it seemed like it got harder and harder and harder to get them in. So now we try different means of doing things. You know, sometimes it's for a season. And I tell you what, one time me and Tanya went to one of the schools here. I don't know if she remembers this or not. We went to play at one of the schools um, Christian schools, and I went in to talk to the principal. And as I was talking to the principal, one of the, the music teachers had set all this up. When I talked to the principal, he goes, what's your name? And I told him, I said, uh, Buddy Chapman, and he's talking a little bit more. He goes, he started laughing. He said, I know who you are. I've never met you, though. I said, you have. He said, your team puts the uh, Shine Your Light Festival, you know, the thing down there, the outreach at Buckrow. I said, yeah, yeah, we've been doing that a couple years. He said, let me tell you something. He said, we wanted to go down to that about a year ago. He said, but opportunities come up, and we were able to go out on a couple of boats. It's neat how this time into the story. And so instead of, instead of that, instead of going there, what we did, we got on the boats, and we rode around. And we had all the kids on the boat, and we could hear your music and the preaching all day long. Let me tell you, what a ministry. And I thought, it's not always what I see, is it? It's not always what we see. See, even though they, weren't, they, they went from the shore, they went out to the deep, they went out to, to the water. But they were still in the hearing 
of the word. Isn't that amazing? See, I got a funny feeling when we get to heaven, we think maybe we didn't do a whole bunch. And God's going to say, I really appreciate you giving. I really appreciate you doing this, helping that little old lady across the street, maybe praying with that guy at work. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Never underestimate the things that God's called you to do, whether they appear big or not. If we're obedient, God can make them big. They can make them big. I know in my life I've seen a lot of things that appeared to be very small that God turned around and made very, very big. How about this here? Are you pressing in on him to listen to the word of God? Think about this. This was really a unique thing if you think about it. Today you're hearing the word of God from a man preaching about the word of God. Still powerful. I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will take this and enlighten him. These folks were with the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. They got to see him up close, front and center. They were pressing in. They were getting the message, right? And today he still calls us to share the message. How do we go about that? Everybody said, well, buddy, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I, I don't know. I, I don't know, you know. Let me tell you, can you invite somebody to church? Pastor Nick sent me a thing this morning. He said, praise God, we had somebody give their life to the Lord. He said, every Sunday I invite all the people there to invite just one. And one of the ones that they invited received Jesus. Wow. What will that one person do? What will that one person do? What will he do in your life? What will he do when you start having kids? Will you train them up in the things of the Lord? Will you, will you tell them this is a priority? Not just passing through, not just sitting on the sidelines. We're going to church. There's not, well, at my house, there's not like, well, I wonder if we're going to church. Guess what? We're going to church. And before I was pastoring, guess what? We're going to church. And before I found the right church home, we, I would get upset because I only had a chance to go to one church on Sunday. I was like, Lord, where is it that you got for us? Where is it? Because I knew it was vital for me to plug in so that my family could plug in so that they could hear the word of God. Amen? How about that? Is it a priority in your family? Is it a priority with your grandchildren? Is it a priority at work? It's amazing. Donna and some of the others at school had started just a few weeks back and it felt led to start praying at school. And then there was a few more and a few more and a few more. The last I heard is about a dozen of them praying. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? You know what she told me? She said, whoo, I really stepped out to pray, to, to do some praying. So, some people, it, it's kind of uncomfortable when we pray aloud sometimes. We, we're getting used to it and everything like that. I told you a story before. One of the guys that God put in my life for just a season when I was at work, he started talking about it. I said, well, man, why don't we just pray about it? So I thought we were going to go over to the side or maybe at lunch and sit down where nobody was and we were just going to pray. Man, my buddy slung his baseball hat off, threw it on his desk, grabbed a hold of me in the middle of the shop and began to pray. And I was like looking around and everything else. And guys were working on band saws and, and everything else. He was like, Ew! I was like, man, that dude's got boldness. You know what it really was? He just loved the Lord. He just knew the Lord. He wasn't standing on the shore he was jumping in the deep end. And sometimes you might need to drag your buddy along for the ride sometimes, amen? Because I'm going to tell you what. After that, God just started putting people in my life. 
over and over. How about you? Look around at the people God has put into your life. It takes them. You want, you want to know somebody's been put in your life when they take time with you. Amen. Let me tell you what. There's only so many hours on that clock. And I tell you what, if somebody takes time with me, I try to give them my undivided attention. I appreciate that. You know, I meet with people all the time, different things and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm saying, hey, man, I'm here. I'm, I want to talk to you. What's going on? What's happening? I try to make the most of that moment, whether it's grabbing lunch, whether it's doing this, whether it's on the phone, whether whatever, because I know that their time is valuable. I'm going to be honest with you. I think my time is valuable, too. But I'll tell you that, so if I spend time with you, guess what? I think you're valuable. How about that? You guys are valuable. You guys watching are valuable. That's why we take time to try to get the lights right and try to get the sound right and all these things. Now, it don't help me look any better, but if they can hear it clear, I'm good. Right? We was up here today, it says, casting shadows. I said, it's casting shadows. I got to stay in this way. I told Tim, if I turn sideways after Turkey Day, I'll take out the whole New Testament. <laughs> got to be careful, man. I got to get back on the groove, boy. I got to get back on the groove. We'll Y'all pray about that. I told my buddy, I said, well, you know, you know, uh, uh, January's coming. He said, he was eating. I ordered a piece of pie. He said, I'm thinking it's going to be like June of 2019, the way you're going. You always need somebody to tell you the truth, don't you? Not so much. Yeah, but it's all right. But you know what? The folks I'm telling you about were pressing in. To me, that's encouraging. I didn't cop out and go, well, I'm not wired like that. You might not be wired like that. But guess what? I wanted that. I wanted that, man. I was like, what's the deal? It's amazing. My buddy, now, now, here you go. He was younger than me. See, we think we're older. We should know better. Guess what? A lot of times we don't. We don't. But, but Kenny, my buddy Kenny Green, y'all hear me talk a lot. Kenny was on fire for the Lord. I couldn't understand how he was trying to figure out how much leave he could take off and how much money he could save up on a side job to go to a mission trip. I said, they don't pay for that? <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. See, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't understand how it worked. He said, no, that's on me, but I'm glad to do it. The Lord has blessed me to be able to do this. I'm going to go help people. And I'm just going, wow. Wow. It was so obvious in his life and still is today that it's not about him. It's about others. I'm thankful for God putting people in my life like that. Because you know why? It'll cause you to get off the shore and start getting into the water a little bit. Amen? You don't have to be like them, but I'm going to tell you what, you've got a call on your life just like the rest of us, right? And God wants to use your life. I pray today that we press into the Word of God. I pray today that you know what? We no longer stand on the shore, but we move forward. Let's go take a little bit more. Everybody ready? You ready to get off the shore? Shake out the sandals? Sandals? It's hard to say that fast. Splashing in the shallow lens. So now we think we're really doing something, don't we? Look at this. Notice here. Luke 5, chapter 2. Moving right along. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping, in, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push him out into the water so that he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. You know, when I was thinking about that, not when I started this message, I just thought about that man that told me, said, hey, we took the boats and we went out a little bit further and we heard the word of God. I had no idea. They had like 30 or 40 children out there. They're on the boats and they're hearing. See, we're this way. We're like on the stage. We're looking this way. They're behind here and they're getting the message. 
Isn't that amazing? So, so my piece of the puzzle for that right there, what you're looking forward sometimes, and what you're going on, you say, I don't see anything happening. I don't see anything moving. Let me tell you, if you're honoring God and you're, you're glorifying God and you're lifting up Jesus, guess what? He didn't miss nothing. And I'm going to tell you what, I guarantee you there's somebody else watching. I guarantee you somebody else is watching. Got a whole other story on that. We'll save that for another day. But let me tell you, let's get back to what we're talking in here. So look at this. As we're going through here, what did Jesus do? Jesus took notice of what was available. Now I'm going to tell you a story that just happened to me and Chris the other day. We got a friend of ours, and uh, their loved one was going through a tough time. And so we had the opportunity to come over and pray with the family. And um, she went home to be with the Lord not too long after that. But when we walked into the house, I didn't see a boat. You know what I saw? I saw a guitar case. I saw a guitar case. And the family was there, and they had been pulling together and just waiting to see what was, what was going to go down and just really seeking the Lord. And when I went in and talked to the rest of the family, I noticed that the lady's son played guitar. I'm not thinking about playing guitar when I walk in there. I'm thinking about trying to comfort the family and pray over our friend. But in a few minutes, in talking to the son, God used the boat, the guitar, to bring forth some comfort in that situation. He said, my mom loves music. You want to play some music? I said, man, I'll do whatever you want to do. We went in another room, and he began to play beautiful he said, would you play some? I said, sure, I'll play a little bit. I played a few songs. And we talked and we prayed and we talked. And in that moment, I believe God used that boat, that guitar, to comfort the family. And as we went to the other room and we shared with the other family and we talked about the Lord and we laughed a little bit and they shared some memories, guess what? He called his boys. His boys are grown. And his wife... And no doubt he said, bring another guitar. Bring the, the cajon on Thomas could tell me, that little drum thing you know. And the next thing you know, they showed up and they got another guitar. And they got the drums. And we're in the other room and we're having a small praise concert. And they're getting their mind off some of the hurt. And God is using that for some of the healing. Jesus took notice of what was available. He wants us to take notice of what was available. Good thing you want a piano. I can't play that. <laughs> but you know what? I believe in every situation, God has brought forth something to notice that we can take advantage of to be available. Now, in this case, it happened to be a tool that I knew a little something about. I give God the glory for that, and I thank him for that. See, people told me often when I first got saved or something and, and I started, I said, hey, you want to pray? And they go, no, no, no. I will tell you this. When different people pray stuff, I'll never ask you to pray without talking to you first, okay? I never, ever, I want y'all to hear this. I never, ever, 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 ever want to put somebody in a bad spot. Never. Okay? So I know a lot of times we hear it and they say, hey, uh, Danette, you want to pray? And she's talking about it. We already talked about it. Because I know some people will get like this. Oh, I hope going to pray. I don't want you to feel like that. But I do want you to do If you want to pray, jump on in and pray too. Right? Plenty of room. Plenty of room. Right? And if you don't feel up to it, that's okay too. 
It's okay. Because your gift might be handing out something. Your gift might be encouraging somebody, might be calling somebody, might be giving something. I don't know. So what I'm telling you is, there's not like this gift is better than that gift. If they're lifting up the Lord, I think it's a good gift. Amen. I think it's awesome. So in that moment, we see what's going on. People used to say, oh, but it's easy for, use, easy for you to praise the Lord because you just play guitar and all that. You know what I tell them? I say, it's not a guitar. Oh, yeah, it's a guitar. I said, no, it is a six-string crowbar, and I will put it in the door to use it to open up and tell about Jesus. What crowbar? What boat? What guitar? What? I don't know. What is it that God has put in your life that you can use to be a blessing? What did he tell Moses? What's in your hand? You mean this? Throw it down. See, when we lay it down before the Lord, and then he tells us to pick it back up again, it's all the difference. See, I love playing guitar, but I really love playing guitar for the Lord. I played the guitar for me. You know what it got me? <laughs> Probably black lung. I played in some of these clubs so much, all the smoke and everything else. I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you another story. It's crazy. I used to do open mic night, right? Do a little bit, play a little bit. I had a guy stumble up there and say, can you play Sweet Home Alabama? I said, yeah, I'll play it. Let me tell you, he's up there like this. Singing along, kicking his boots, everything, right? He's singing along, Sweet Home Alabama. He's, man, he's ready, right? So I go to the restroom. Another reason I don't drink. <laughs> he been drink and, and I get my picture of what I go to the restroom. And he said, I ought to bust you in the head with this beer bottle. I thought, I didn't think my singing was that bad. So I said, the redneck comes up. I said, I don't think you want to do that. But then the other part, see, because see, this is what happened. This is when I was still on the fence. See, I was saved, but I was just splashing. I was just splashing. You see what I'm getting at? And so I turned around and I thought, man, if I hit this guy, he, 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 I could go, he'd probably blow down. And I just said, I said, why would you do that? Why would you do that, man? I said, you hit me in the head with a beer bottle. Don't you know I got a family? Don't you know I'm out here just trying to make a little bit of money playing some music? You know? He said, but, but, but you didn't play my song. I said, bro, you sang all the verses and you jumped up and down. That's how your knees hurt up there. He's out there threw his bad knee out, jumping up and down. I said, man, I just walked out of there. I said, I can't believe it. Guess what happened next weekend? He came back. He said, man, I am so sorry. He said, I thought about what you said. See, you could have did the pushing and shoving and cussing and fighting and all that. But I took a moment to ask him, what's the deal, man? What's going on? Why would you do something like that? There's a bigger plan in this. See, a lot of times we want, when something comes up, we want to be, well, man, I'll tell you, if somebody said that to me, if somebody did that to me, you got any friends that tell you when you go through a rough time, boy, I'll tell you what, if they did that to me, you just, you ever had that? You don't always need a friend like that. They get you in trouble, right? Have you ever been somewhere and just go, whoo, I'm glad I didn't do that. Glad I didn't say that. Let me tell you what. When his pipe got clear for the water to come in and he got out of the shore and got into the splashing and heading on in, let me tell you what, and up being good friends with the guy. 
and I'm talking to the guy about the things of the Lord. And meanwhile, even though I probably wasn't in the best proximity at the time, I was still trying to be obedient the best I knew, and God was using that even in my current state. I don't know what state you're in now. Virginia, I got that. But I don't know where you're at now with your walk with the Lord. I'm going to tell you what. Honor God the best you can where you're at, and you watch and see what's going on. So let's get back on track here a little bit. He stepped into the boat. Man. Here's the creator of the universe, the guy that made the, 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 spoke everything in existence. And he asked, can I get on the boat? You know, he gets on his boat and push me out a little bit. Yes, I'm going to put him out a little bit. What is it that Jesus is asking you? Can I get on your boat? Let me tell you, he didn't need the boat. Y'all read the part where Jesus could walk on the water, right? It was an invitation. It was an invitation. Look at somebody say, it's an invitation. <laughs> it's an invitation, right? What invitation is God giving you? Maybe it's with your business. Maybe it's with your talent. Maybe it's with your singing. Maybe it's at work. I don't know. Maybe it's eBaying. Anybody do eBaying? Yeah. You know what? When I do eBay and stuff, you know what I do? When I sell stuff, I put Bible tracts in it and a CD. Whew. There you go. How many people got bills? How many people need some more? I tell you what we do, and we need to get back doing this. Therefore, while I mean for a season, I'm going to take Bible tracts and put the Bible track in with my bill. Now, write your check and put it in with the bill, okay? I know you always say step out by faith. That's good. But I think you want to pay your bills. Can you imagine... I'll tell you what, you know if somebody calls the house, it, 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 I get a boy. It don't make no difference to me. If I can talk to him about Jesus, I'm going to talk to him about Jesus. There's more to come on that. Everybody doing, doing okay? So he stepped in the boat because, not because he needed the boat, because he offered an opportunity. Because there was two boats. What happened if, if Peter would say, hey man, what are you doing tracking up my boat? I bet he'd jump to the other boat and use that boat. In other words... Is your boat empty for Jesus? Are you willing to let God use your boat? Your boat might be finances. Your boat might be helping somebody. Like I said, it might be different gifts. But you watch how he pulls this together. Take a look at this. So it was like a progression here. Let's take a look at this. He went from the shore to the boat, and then he went out even further. See, when we're walking with Jesus, he'll take us where we are if we're on the shore. But he wants us to step out a little bit more and a little bit more. Without raising your hand or anything else, you can just write it down somewhere or just mentally think about it. Where are you at on this progression? Are you on the shore? Did you just put your water wings on, splashing right here? Are we just splashing right there in the shallow end? Are you willing to go deep with the things of God? That's the question. Are we willing to go deep with the things of God? I had a few things here. It was about being available. Jesus could have walked on the water, but he used the boat. And check this out. What do we have? I talked about times, talent, support. Hey, what about folks? Who is it that you are mentoring? Who is mentoring you? I've been talking about that for the last year. Whose life are you pouring into? Think about it. What did Nick say? Pastor Nick say, I tell everybody to bring just one person. Who's your one? Who's your one? And you don't have to stop with one, okay? 
but pick somebody. Better yet, let God pick somebody. Let God show you who's around in your, in your circle of impact and say, Lord, how can I help this person? How can I do? And you know what? What you find out is you want to be a blessing to them, but I'm going to tell you what, when I spend time with people, they're a blessing to me. I learn all types of stuff. Man, I love hanging out with my friends and seeing what's going on, making phone calls, seeing what's happening. And it's amazing. You know, on Tuesday nights, we talk about our lives and how it plugs into the Bible. Man, I want to encourage somebody. Okay, if you're on the shore, you can step on over and go a little bit deeper. You can do Bible study. How about that? You can jump on any time. We use it out in an hour and 15 minutes. Hour and 15 minutes. Got worth an hour and 15 minutes and an hour on Sunday? That's two hours and 15 minutes. Whatever the math is, how many, how many uh, hours are in a week? 266 or something? I got to take my shoes off. But he ain't asking for much, right? But I'm saying, what will you give to God to allow him to use you in that situation? And you know what I think is so great? That God will use us with all the bumps and bruises and everything else. And sometimes in the shallow wind, right, we, we come out and we start splashing around. It gets a little muddy out there, don't it? You ever get out there and just a little bit, it's kind of shallow, you get out there, you're about up to your knee, right? And the waves are starting to come in. Now, I don't know that much about water because, you know, I'm terrified of, of, of getting over my head, right? But I will go deep with Jesus, amen? Because he is my lifesaver in more than ways than one. Let's keep on going here. You knew we were going to get to the deep, right? Look at this. Luke 5, 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And then, what's next? What happens when they go deeper with Jesus? What happens? Take a look at this. We're in the right spot. We're in the right boat when we're with Jesus. Let down your net of faith and pull in the catch like never before. And guess what? We see Jesus for who he says he is. Amen. We start to see what he has for us. What happens when we go deeper with Jesus? We have to rely on him more, don't we? And when we rely on him more, guess what? We're in the perfect proximity for blessing. We're in the perfect proximity for God to use us in the miraculous. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's good stuff. Over and over, we could turn around and say, Lord, let's see what's going on here. And also, we know, as we go into some more description, I'm going to read it here. In the presence of God, we see our sin. Look at this. I don't have it on the board, but I got it right here. If you got your Bibles, you can follow along. Luke 5, verse 8. It said, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others that were with him. When we come into the presence of God, we start really seeing how we missed the mark, amen? Now, this is not here to beat you up. It's here to, to, to shim you up and give you a good foundation to let you know, guess what? You're not in this thing alone. How many people have been through some situations by themselves or felt like they were by themselves? Amen. It's lonely, isn't it? You know, people used to say, it's lonely at the top. I've been on, it's lonely at the bottom. Amen. It is. Because you'll see people just come by and step right over you. Yeah. Are we willing to cast out the nets and bring in the great catch? Now, I'm going to tell you what. I know them guys must have been fit, man. Because I know uh, hanging out with different guys and stuff and working the water here, man, when they grab your hand, let me tell you, man, that thing is, woo! 
That's a man's handshake, right? I was studying on those nets. They said those nets were huge. They were big, and they had weights on the bottom, and they would throw the, the, the big old nets out like big rope from what I saw and studied on, and they would pull them in, and, and it was shaped like a bell, and they would pull the weights in, and they would pull the, the fish back in. There was no winches. There was nothing else. They were pulling it in. They were getting involved. It wasn't coming to them. They had to go out and get it, see? A lot of times we need to get out there and cast that net of faith to bring in the fish. Who's the fish? Those that don't know about the Lord, right? Right? We want to bring them on in. We want the catch of the day. Nick was saying, just bring in one fish. I said, bring in all you can. But you got to cast the net. You got to cast the net and allow God to bring that with you. Look at this. We turn around and we start, like I said, we start in the presence of God. We see our sin. What did, what did Peter say? He said, get away from me. You would think We'd say, I need you. But when we see ourselves in the light, in the true light, we're like that old pipe, right, on our own. But aren't you glad because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, right, rose on the third day. When we put our faith and trust in that finished work of the cross, he paid our sin debt in full. Guess what? The Bible says we're white as snow. Man, let me ask you a question. I like to ask this. We did this a couple of weeks ago. Let's see if anybody was listening. How many saints do we have in here today? Raise your hand if you're a saint. Saint, 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 saint. Yeah. You want to think about it? Think about it. We got some of these. We got some of these. Some of these. You're looking at your neighbor raising a hand saying, no, I know him better than that, right? You know what a saint is? A saint is a person who has put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, Right? How many believers we got in here? Right? He says, you know what? You're mine. You're sealed. You, you are a child of God. You're not going to get any cleaner than what you are because Jesus did the work. Amen? It's not a paint job. It's just he didn't, you know, you know kind of just touch you up. He forgave your sin as far as the east is to the west. He set you in the face. You are made perfect in God's sight. When you do blow it, guess what? And, and God looks at your life and my life. He looks at us through the backdrop of the cross. It is finished, man. That's some good preaching now. Come on now. That's God moving there. I want you guys to hear that. I don't want you to live below the sea level of your blessing. Let me tell you what. God has made a way, one way, and his name is Jesus. Let's take a look at this. I said in our fallen state, Jesus shows his love. Got a little story for you. Everybody ready? How are we looking? Oh, you guys are in good shape. Yesterday, day before yesterday, I'm working on the message, doing some stuff, and our doorbell goes, ding dong. And Denise said, I think that's for you. It's the Mormons. I said, I'll be right there. Let me get my shoe. I got to give it to them. They saw the trailer, right? They saw the trailer with Keith the Promise on and everything else. Let me tell you what I did not do. I did not go up there try to belittle anybody. I did not go up there and, and try to pick a fight. I didn't try to outsmart anybody or anything else. I went out there and I said, hey guys, what's going on? And they began to start the message, their message. And I, I said, man, let me, let me help you all with this right here. I said, I'm a Christian. He said, well, you're a Christian too. I said, really? I said, can you become a God? He goes, yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? I said, do you want to work your way to heaven? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. So I said, it's by grace we're saved through faith, not that of ourselves, it's a gift of God. 
Well, we believe that too. As in, we're going to add all this other stuff on. So if you're listening today and you're from the Mormon church, that's okay. You got the wrong message. I'm going to be bold and say that because anytime that you turn around, I'm not making a whole lot of friends. I ain't here to make friends. I'm here to make disciples, okay? And I'm not going to get down that road, but I just want to tell you this. The Bible tells us all the time to be able to give account of what we believe. I said, so how long have you been saved? He said, well, we don't really call it saved. Well, what do you call it? Enlightened. He gave me some other stuff. I said, well, what does that mean? And I began to pull scripture in and pull scripture in. I said, I believe the Bible. He said, well, this is the Bible. And he's, he's pulling his book. I said, no, I don't need to see that book. I said, did you ever read the part where it says don't add one dot or one tittle to the word of God? Well, yeah, that's added. We got all 66 books. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, right? He turns around, I, I put it down here. All scripture is breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training right and righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It did not say, and we're going to get Joseph Smith to help us out. Amen? I'm not attacking the people themselves. I'm telling you this. When you deviate from the message of God, I'm going to point you back to it. And I expect people to point me back to it. Okay? So all that was said was this. It hurts my heart because you know what? I see people, and they probably think the same thing. I, I understand that. I see people with the wrong message that's got more zeal and goes deeper than we do. And we got the truth. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That ought to cause us to look in the mirror and evaluate. Are we on the shore? Are we in the shallow? Are we in the deep? Okay? And everything was on good terms. I'm not making fun of that now or anything else. There are a lot of wonderful folks that, that are in that religion, but I don't have a religion. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How about you? It's about what Jesus Christ did plus nothing. It's about the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He rose on the third day. He paid for our sin debt in full, and that's what we're trusting in. That's what I'm teaching you. That's what the Bible says. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Okay? So what happens is, if you're not grounded in the Word and you get with other folks, you can be straight. You know what really hurt my heart? I said, Bud, how did you end up with this? And he told me. He said, when I was in high school, I was going through some tough times. And I talked to other people on my football team and different things like that about what they believed. Right? Other Christians, just what he told me. And he said, this, this spoke to me, so I went with this. You know what that meant to me? Had somebody told him the truth as a Christian and, and been able to give him a clear presentation of this, he might have heard the truth. But he got a counterfeit. And I know folks are going to be listening to people saying, man, but you look, man. If there's one way to heaven, I'm not going to tell you to take a detour. All right? And I'm accountable to God to preach this. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not picking any fights. I'm not anything. I am lifting the Lord up, and I want people to know Jesus. Amen. And I'll tell you what, they are very diligent and some nice folks and different things like that. But I'm going to tell you what, if you got the wrong map, you're going to end up at the wrong destination, man. So I want to point you in God's word. 
We don't need, now look, there's great to have some study Bibles and things like study things on the side. Let me tell you, go to the Word of God. When I'm preaching something, go to the Word of God. If I'm in error, help me. Let, let me know. Let's get it right. Because I, Lord, you know I want this to be correct. My desire is for this to be on target, to help you and help me to live a life that is pleasing to God. And yes, we all fall short sometimes. But I'm going to tell you what. As we go through this here, let me bring on the next thing here. Verse 11. And as soon as they had landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Kind of getting sidetracked here. It hurts my heart when I see people so diligent about the wrong thing. Right? Look in the world. I talk to people all the time. I had lunch with a guy the other day. Oh, I'm glad you know, I'm glad you believe what you believe, but this is what I believe. And I said, well, why do you believe that? He goes, well, I believe that because that's just what I believe. I said, can I tell you why I believe what I believe? Because I have an inspired word of God. I believe this is God breathed right here. I believe that this is the truth right here. We don't add to it. We don't take away from it. And guess what? Some of it's not comfortable. How many found out that a lot of things in the Bible are not comfortable for us? But they're good for us. They're profitable for us, right? Look at, look at Paul. What did he say? Man, I'm the chief of all sinners. Amen? You're thinking, man, how can I measure up? If Paul's, Paul's saying that, man, I am doomed, right? Read the rest. He said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, in our fallen state, while we were on the shore, whether we're, we're paddling out a little deeper, wherever it is, wherever you're at in your life and your walk now, this is a message right here really going to take some reflection, right? Where are you at on this thing? We're in our current state. What's going on? What are you going to do different when you leave here? What are you going to do? How are you, are, are you willing? It, let me ask you this. If somebody came to your house, let me ask you this. I heard this years ago. True story. Evangelist, guy, this guy came, and he was an evangelist that was preaching when Thomas got saved at five years old. I'll never forget this story. He had been out there, and uh, he was on the road and everything else, and they had uh, a girl, a young girl and family, and they had a big packed house that night, and they gave the altar call for them, if you want to put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, Jesus Christ. And the girl said, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And the girl left, got to the end of the street and got in a terrible accident in a burning vehicle. And this is what he said. And she began to scream and scream, go get the preacher. Go get the preacher. She missed that opportunity. Man, we don't know about, I am not ever trying to scare somebody. I am trying to prepare everybody. So I know there's a lot of messages when we leave here. We go, woo-hoo! Today I pray that we go, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I'm no longer going to sit on the sidelines of life, but I'm going to step out. Lord, I, I've been splashing a little bit, but I need to go to the deep. Lord, you know what? If you want to get on my boat, come on and jump on my boat. Lord, if you want to use my car, that's fine. Lord, you want to use, use my money, that's fine. Lord, you want to use me, use me. Would you do that? You might be surprised what happens in the course of a week, but you'll really be surprised what happens in the course of a lifetime. Because I'm going to tell you what, when you open yourself up to the things of God, guess what? He'll use you. Are you ready to be used? Think about it. How much time do you think you got left? How much time? I bet you that girl, when she left there, I bet she thought, woo, I'm going to go home and do this. I bet you the people at 9-11 thought they were going to come home and have a TV dinner that night or whatever the case. I'm thinking most of us thinking we're going to go to work tomorrow. 
or whatever our plan is tomorrow. But guess what? What is this plan? But I'm telling you today, you can make a difference by calling on the name of Jesus and stepping out. Now, I'm talking to the believers now. I'm talking to folks that know that they're secure in Christ, that have put their faith and trust in the Lord. What are you going to do different? Evaluate. Are you on the shore? Are you splashing? Are you going deep? The good news is, if you're on the shore, he'll still use you. The good news is, if, you, if you're walking out a little bit more, he'll still use you. The good news is, if you're in over your head with Jesus, he'll still use you. And let me tell you what, every time I walk up to this thing right here, I'm in way over my head. I am in way over my head. I say it all the time, I wouldn't pick me. I could give you a list, a list, and I can ask people in here, and they could add to the list of why I shouldn't be preaching, pastoring, whatever, something like that, and I think that you know, this and that, I should know more, I should speak clearer, I should, all these things. But I can tell you what, I can give you one reason that I'm qualified. His name's Jesus. And I'm going with that. We qualify with Christ. I think education's great. I think everything we can learn is good. I'm always digging and studying everything else. Thank you, Lord, that you make things clear. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're standing behind the woulda, shoulda, couldas, and I can't do it because, and it's just not right, and once this gets done, then all that stuff, jump in, man. Jump in. I look at my life, and I got saved when I was 30 years old, and I look backwards from time to time, just to peep in the mirror, and I go, wow, what could God do if I'd have been listening earlier? But you know the good news, what God tells me? He says, I'm going to use every single thing in your past to make a difference in your future. You ready for this? Yesterday, again, not on my diet, I went and got some ice cream. And this, I got a new phone. Thank the Lord, because half of y'all have been trying to call me. I got a new phone. And you know what a new phone does? It tells you everywhere you go. I went with Jesse to Chipotle. They said, how do you like Chipotle? How do you know I was here? Then I went in there. I went to ice cream. The guy said, tell us about Baskin Robbins. So as I'm ordering my diet ice cream, it was small. I figured it was diet. It was small. Anyway, this guy comes in. He goes, hey, man. You look familiar. I go, hey, how you doing? He said, you from Fox Hill, Buck Row, somewhere? I go, yeah. He said, what's your name? I said, my name's Buddy You preached two funerals that I went to. I said, yeah. This is not a buddy thing. I'm going to tell you, he'll use this, the things from your past. He said, man, you got a way of connecting with folks. He said, I could understand. He said, I understand. He said, you know what? That's been two years ago. I, I, okay. He said, man, it really hurt. It touched my heart. He said, I really thought about what you said. And I'm going, hee hee, at a cherry. You know, bring me some more ice cream. Let's celebrate. Whipped cream. You know, I'm ready. But I'm thinking about that stuff, man. See, God uses our past. See, it's crazy. I got to tell you one more story about that. I, I did a funeral one time down in uh, Vox Hill. And uh, it's the craziest thing. I had a fight break out. I, I could write a book on that. I did. I went there. I met with the family. They said, could you do this funeral? I said, I'll do the funeral. Uh, no problem. And, and the guy said, well, how much do you charge? I said, I, I will not charge you anything. He said, I think we should go with him. <laughs> I said, okay. I'm not, I'm not being funny about this. I'm, I'm going to tell you real life from where, where we're at. I got there, and they, they rented out the, the Nike site or whatever down there. It's kind of like, uh, we'll translate from uh, Fox Hill to here. It's kind of like having... Uh, 
uh, this building when we're not in it. Everybody goes to this building, you know, rent it for different things. So I get there, and I saw all my rock and roll buddies. And they go, hey, man, blankety blank, 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 what's up, blank, 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 blank. And I'm going, wow, I used to talk like that. And I just, I was still loving them right where everything else. And I saw like one of my doctors and he's over, hey, how you doing? Had a lot of people, man. This lady had touched a lot of lives. And I was standing there and this girl came up, well, I'm not kidding, with a Walmart bag and an urn. And she goes, are you the pastor? And I go, yes. She goes, here. Okay. And the guy said, well, let me take that over here. Brought me the urn and a Walmart bag. Put it over there. They had a nice thing, but she carried it in a Walmart bag. I'm like, what in the world am I getting into? So anyway, I'm talking to some of my buddy. Man, you still jamming, man? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Blankety, blank, 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 blank. So anyway, I said, okay. And they said, we ready. I said, okay. So I went up there, and I said, uh, well, it's good to see everybody. And I saw the guy go, oh, no, he's the preacher, right? They were surprised. They were surprised, boy. Isn't it good when you just surprise somebody what God's doing in your life? Because they know one answer. It's Jesus, Right? I get so excited. I didn't yell at him. Didn't say, well, you need to watch what you I just like, hey, man. So went through that, played some music, talked to people, had the whole altar call, man. Some people got saved, praise God, tried to comfort the family. And I was over there eating a ham biscuit. And I saw this girl come in with a cigarette about this long. And this other girl said, you can't smoke in here. And she says, what? She said, you can't smoke in here. And she said, well, who's going to do something about it? And that girl commenced to show them what she was going to do about it. <laughs> and they were rolling and going, and this lady come over to me. She said, do something, do something. So I grabbed, like, some crab dip and some chips, and I got over there. I said, you know y'all shouldn't be doing that. Come on now. Come on, play nice. I did. I'm not getting in that. I am not getting I can say, pastor gets in fight with two girls. That are, no. So got that all done. So it gets a little long. And Denise is buzzing my phone. So I'm walking out, and I gave out a bunch of CDs and Bible tracts, man. And I'm out front. I am not adding anything to this thing. Denise is on the phone. And a guy's sitting on the back of his truck with a big old tall boy Budweiser thing. And he goes, hey, Rev, that's a good service. Denise said, who is that? I said, just a new friend I met. Where are you? In the neighborhood, I'll be home too, right? But see, you know what? Right there, still approachable. Still talking to him. I didn't go, I can't be around. I was like, man, I know that guy. That's me. That was me 10 years ago or whatever. So don't ever think you'd pass that. So here's it. Where are you today, man? I want to, one more story and we'll wrap it up, all right? Because I want you to hear how God will use the crazy things in the world when you're available. Your boat, your actions, everything else. How many people know that I love my dog? My three-legged dog, many have heard the story, but I see some new face, I'm going to share this. We used to take her out for a little run, a little walk, and all that stuff, and this one, Jess, was a little bit younger, and we'd, we'd ride all the way down to the point, right? So Sasha would get out there, and we'd let her off, and she'd run, man, she'd run. She's doing her thing. I got my Harley jacket on, out there, it's cold, dog's running around. Two guys come out, Shh. I ain't drinking out there. And I go, hey, what's up, bud? He goes, hey, how you doing? I don't know who you are. And the guy said, hey, dude. Your dog only got three legs. And it took everything. I was going to go, oh, my gosh, where's the other one? I didn't do it. I just want to say, oh, you're kidding me. But I didn't. 
And he comes over there. My dog comes over there. And I said, come here. Yeah, I said, this is how she said. The guy sitting there, he's like this. He said, he said, you took that dog in. It's only got three legs. I said, yeah, she can walk my legs off. I said, yeah, man. And I said, you know what's amazing? He said, what's that? He said, animal lover. He's getting all teared up. See, his heart was soft. I said, you know what's amazing is that God will take us in our broken state. Right? Regardless of our physical appearance, uh, 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 regardless of, of our, our spiritual condition, he'll take us. Do you know that me and Jesse had the privilege with my three-legged dog, Billy Graham Jr., <laughs> to lead both of them guys to the Lord? The guy's out there, he's like, pours his beer out and starts praying. So, so the reason I tell you that, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of comical, but, but, but here's the truth. You experience some crazy things in the deep. It's not always, the water don't always look like you think it should. But I'm going to tell you what, Jesus is the one that brings forth the catch. That's a great catch. I got a funny feeling not too many people were casting the net out there to bring somebody in while they got a Budweiser on the side of their, their, their head and drinking and hollering and everything else. But you know what? I'll talk to them. I ain't too busy. I ain't too busy at all. I'd be glad to share Jesus with them. You know what? That's pretty wild. And while they're rolling and fighting and everything else and you're stepping over everybody out there and you say, hey, look, 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 look. God's got something better than this. You know? We get so religious and we put so many regulations and we put so many things that's got to be just so before we do anything, we miss out on going in the deep, deep in with Jesus. I pray this week, you guys listening? Experience the deep. So where are you at today? Where are you at today? It's like, well, I come to church. See, this week, we think we come to church two or three times a month or whatever like that. Man, we're we deep. No. You're splashing. Take the water wings off. Get out there. Step out some more. Am I saying just because you come to church, everything's going to be great? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you what, you're going to get the bait that you need. You're going to get the food that you need. You're going to get the fellowship that you need so that you can make it through the next week and you can start pouring in and feeding on the Word of God. And that way when they come knocking on your door and they try to tell you something that doesn't line up with the Word of God, you say, that's not right. That's not the truth. Show me that in my Bible. Where is that? You see, I don't want us to be misled. I don't want us to be sidetracked. I want us to be ready. I want us to be like this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God, how many people are servants of God? You willing to serve God? May be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm going to tell you what. We had a good time today. Stepped on some toes, did a little laughing, everything else. But I'm going to tell you what. I prayed that the truth of the message went forth in this. That you know what? That we turn around and realize as you go back through your notes. How many people took some notes today? I hope there was something you could write down, man. I, you know, when we look at things, our life is not about comfort. It's about conforming to that of Christ. Our, our life is to be used in. I said God often reveals his greatest glory in our lowest points. If you're at a low point today, I'm going to tell you what. What do they say? There's nowhere to look up. Just look up. Keep looking up. God's got something for you. God is still on the throne. He's working in this. And I said, look at this, it's, it's kind of like the fish. They fished all night and catching nothing. Then 
he turns around when we trust him and he fills our boat with blessing. If you're here today or you're listening today, whenever this is, is being viewed, and you feel like, man, I've just been shipwrecked in my faith, guess what? We can anchor ourselves in the truth of God's word. If you feel like that you've just been overwhelmed and overdone and, and, and picked on and pushed on and, and, and left out to sea, and, and, and I keep going back to shipwreck, let me tell you what. Jesus is in control. Let us pray. Father, I thank you today that, you know, a lot of times we have shallow living and a lot of times we, we turn around and we think, oh, my gosh, Lord, how can you use me? But today I pray that through the message, Lord, that we'd get out of the way and let the Lord on our boat, in our lives, in our situation, so that we no longer remain on the shore, but we step out into depth. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that today is the day that you call on the name of Jesus. What must I do to be saved? The Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Always be willing to give account of what you believe. Let me tell you what. Jesus is the stiller of the storm. He's the Son of God. He's the Savior, and He's the one way to heaven. The Bible says, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. He said, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved today, today. Come off the shore and jump into the flood of the blessing of Jesus Christ by faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys have a good time. Share the message. We love you. Amen. Give